0: Hear the world sounds. You're listening to episode 48 of Hack to Start. This episode features Megan Barry, the head of product development at Rebel Mouse. Tyler and I want to invite Megan onto the show to share her insights and experiences as an entrepreneur and community manager.
1: Megan had previously led community at several startups, including Cloud. Now at Rebel Mouse, she joins us to share her insights on product development, growth, and raising money. This is going to be an amazing episode you won't want to miss, so let's get to it. Hey Megan, thanks for being on the show today.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Let's start off by getting to know where you're from, what did you study, and how did your passion for entrepreneurship develop?
2: Yeah, so uh, I'm from Eugene, Oregon. So more of a small town, but also a college town, so the University of Oregon is there. So pretty academically minded. Uh, I went to Stanford and I studied political science. I'd say that my passion for entrepreneurship developed actually because uh, my dad is an entrepreneur. He has a small business in Eugene, Oregon. And I saw sort of throughout childhood how passionate he was about his business and also how he managed to have work-life balance with it. He was there for all of my soccer games. And then he would wake up at 5 a.m. to do his work. But he always loved it. And he made time for his kids. So it sort of led me to believe that, like, oh, this is, like, the way to go.
1: (laughs) So how did you make the transition from political science to entrepreneurship?
2: Yeah, so actually in high school I had done some programming. And I went into, like, for community service, for, like, some local things in Eugene. And I went into college thinking I was going to study computer science. What happened to me, though, was because I think I had done some programming before, I was more interested in completely new things. And, like, I'd never had the opportunity to really study political science before or any of these sort of social science type of topics. I took some psych classes I took some communication classes and like that's really what was opening my mind the most so I went for what we call like a very fuzzy major (laughs) which is not not hard science at all and I loved it and I think it was great for me but then when I looked into what I wanted to do I was still gravitated towards tech
0: that's awesome so you previously led community at cloud for those uh, who might not know what what is cloud and how did you come across the opportunity to be part of the team there
2: Yeah, so I guess uh, it starts with like, you know, the first, my first role out of college was at MobClix, which is a mobile ad exchange. And it was where I first learned to be a community manager right at the beginning of when people, I don't, I don't, it was barely people were calling it that. It was oftentimes still called a social media manager and like trying to figure out the title. I think my title at the time with them was evangelist. And uh, I really started to see how community management impacted the bottom line at MobClicks. And we even sort of proved that for our, you know, for our own actions. So it was really, really cool, really made me believe in it. And I started using clout as a tool when I was at MobClicks to measure our influence and see how we were doing. So then I went to South by South by Southwest. And I met Joe Fernandez, the founder of Cloud at a party, and I was like, oh, wow, I love your tool. I think it's really cool, but why are you guys doing more, like, marketing aspects and, like, sharing data that you guys have and really, you know, getting out there yourselves? And he was like, oh, that's a really great idea. Like, let's talk more about this. Obviously, it was something he was already thinking about doing, but I think just like since it was on my brain and I was excited about it, he connected with that. And next thing I knew, I was I was at Clout. <laughs> and right. I did uh, lead community and marketing there for two years. So Clout... Um, measures online influence. So the idea is it's a clout score and it measures influence from 1 to 100. The really groundbreaking thing when it started is that now it's like we're all talking about online influencers and digital influencers and like that's become kind of uh, so used so often that we're over it almost. Like we're like, ah, stop talking about influencers, like let's be more real, don't use buzzwords. But at the time it was very groundbreaking, this idea that not only could you discover influencers online, but you could measure it, you could see results by contacting them, and also that they weren't just traditional influencers. Like if you look back in time, influencers are politicians, celebrities, they're rich people, and for the first time with social media, you were seeing that truly become democratized, and someone with a camera could become famous uh, on YouTube, and that was suddenly something we could see and measure.
0: So how do you approach community building, especially given the context uh, of people sort of feeling like they might be graded?
2: (laughs) Yeah, so that's a good question. I mean, I think one of the main things we tried to stress is that... It was, it was about more than just that score. You had like a little profile description and, and other aspects to it. And, it, and you could be uh, like, let's say you could have a score of 30, but be really quite influential in food, where someone else has a score of 50 and their focus is tech gadgets. But really on the topic of food, you're the greater influencer. So we tried to look at those things because that's it's just the truth of how people are. But also we just like we, we tried to keep it light and fun in the sense that like this is this is a fun movement of the internet mattering now and us caring about it together. And we, so we, we were very responsive, we were very open. We were very active and engaging on Twitter, so if anyone at mentioned us, we responded. We tried to jump on that, or I did. (laughs) I had like it going all the time. Uh, Then as we got bigger, of course, that changes, and you just can't do it. It's not sustainable. So then what we did is we took more to blogging even more, which is a way to get the word out to more people. And then we also, uh, I created a program called Clout Squad, which was an influencer program for our top influencers, so they could still get the same level of connection with the clout team and our roadmap that they used to be able to get to when they were small or when we were small rather.
0: What were some of the biggest challenges you faced at clout and how did you overcome them?
2: I think, oh, wow, uh, it's a lot. I, I actually feel startup years are like dog years where it's yeah. just so much <laughs> is packed into That's them. so true. <laughs> But um, I think one concrete thing was that moment when suddenly the community became so big that we couldn't keep doing one-to-one connections with everyone, which is obviously a good problem to have, but generally every startup you start and you can be very engaging, very one-to-one, and you need to be, but then as it gets bigger, you have to figure out how to scale. And so that was one of the challenges, is like, how do we, you know, programs like Clout Squad, who do we invite to that, who do we not, how do we make sure we're still interacting with other people, what's the right level, how, how long should it take for us to respond to a tweet, like all of those were the challenges for us to figure out and play with. Then, I think another thing was the Clout Perks program uh so that also i helped launch cloud perks we launched it the first thing we did was the round trip flight with virgin america amazing perk to get <laughs> the idea was it was given to people based on their influence their score and topics so they wanted to have uh travel and technology influencers in certain locations with high scores we gave them free flights uh it was you know obviously that was like then press everywhere, like get free flights for your, you know, Twitter impact. And it was a lot of fun for us. But then the challenge came, how do we scale this as we don't have free flights every day? (laughs) So figuring out how to get people excited about maybe some free coffee, some free, you know, whatever, and figuring out what is the level of perk that is worth it to someone to get and feels exciting that isn't, you know, that high level.
1: You joined Rebel Mouse in late 2012 as the head of product development. Would you be able to walk us through what Rebel Mouse is and how did you come across this opportunity?
2: Yeah, so the Rebel Mouse story actually starts earlier because in uh, probably, I guess, January of, no, probably before that, probably like October 2011, I was kind of like, thinking, you know, I'd been talking to some different startups and I was kind of, it was on my mind of like maybe after two years, like I'm ready for my next thing, there comes a point in a startup where just you feel on your own level that like your, your ears are perked up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was sort of in that mode and actually how I discovered Rebel Mouse is that my brother is the founder. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, my brother, Paul Barry was the, uh, the CTO of Huffington Post, and they had been bought by AOL. He was getting ready to feel, feel like he was ready to take on his next challenge and wasn't looking to stay at AOL, and he and I were kind of in similar sort of mind spaces in that sense. We talked a lot. I, he talked to me about rebel mouse. I was like, oh, my God, that's such a great idea, and I talked about what I wanted to do next. I ended up starting a consulting company called Lift5, mm-hmm. and that company was designed to help startups uh, sort of do that first launch, like, like I did with Cloud, like the time from like when very few people know about you to really getting a community going. And it was focused on community management, and it was focused on social product. And I did that partnered with Lair Ventures, which is a venture fund here in New York City. So I actually moved to New York to do it so I could be close to uh, the venture group. And I worked with uh, a bunch of their startups kind of on an individual basis, but recommended through, through Lair Ventures. It was a wonderful experience, like amazing. And through that, um, I did do some work with Rebel Mouse as well as Paul was getting going. So I was involved in the whole sort of inception process. And when it came about, you know, October, I think was the moment where we both kind of looked at each other and were like, wow, this is really big. Like this, this is really going somewhere. And he was kind of like, look, like I, I'd love to have you be full time at Rebel Mouse. Would you want to? And I was absolutely in and it was the thing I was most excited about. So I closed out my consulting business and moved full time to Rebel Mouse.
1: That's really cool. So what is Rebel Mouse?
2: Yeah, so Rebel Mouse um, is, is a CMS that's uh, built social from the ground up and built, uh, you know, I guess built with today's world in mind. So if you think like WordPress is is a CMS that allows you to create blog posts, create content, but nowadays it, it's like, is it allowing you to get the right image for your Twitter card? Is it allowing you to do social A-B testing? Is it allowing you to crop images in the right way? And the answer is only if you put a lot of custom development into it. So mm-hmm. what we are is we're an enterprise SaaS tool that allows top brands and publishers to build full sites using Rebel Mouse as their CMS. We also have community features so someone can sign up to their site with a social network. They can follow their friends and they can get updates from their friends as they interact with the site, create content, comment, etc. So it's a full full site creation tool, but not just a simple site, but a community-driven site.
1: That's really cool. So what are some of your day-to-day responsibilities being head of product at Rebel Mouse?
2: So I guess... It's a mix because there's definitely talking to clients and that's an important part of it. So talking to our current clients to understand what they need and making sure that's part of the roadmap. It's talking to the sales team to understand what they feel they need to sell and then pulling that all together with our vision for the product to make sure that we have a roadmap that makes sense, prioritizing all the items in that roadmap and then working with our development team to describe them really clearly working with our design team to mock them up and mock up all the different states and UX really clearly so that the things get done.
1: (laughs) Based on all your experience as a community manager do you approach product development with community in mind?
2: Yeah absolutely so we're at its core almost is two things it's a content product and it's a community product and as Always in my roles as community manager, I was responsible for creating the content mm-hmm. for, the brand, for the startup. And then, of course, community management itself. So all of these things that I thought about, I try to think of built into the tool of, like, when you feature someone's content, we should automatically at-mention them so they know it's been featured and they can share it. We should email someone when their post has been featured on the site. We should, all these different things that, I used to think about doing kind of manually, we're trying to build into the product so that it, it is built with the mind of a community manager.
1: Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Um, so, so, what are the t- some of the main features that you've helped implement into Rebel Mouse based off of um, all your experience that you've had?
2: Yeah, so uh, one piece is, I mentioned kind of the, we call them Twitter shout-outs, mm-hmm. and that's giving a shout-out to someone when they've been featured on the site, and we've seen from our clients that that can have great virality for them, because it's one thing to put someone on the site, and it's another thing to let them know that so they can take action and share it with all their friends and their mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um Another feature is we have a quiz tool now, so that's based on kind of my knowledge of what would have been, I would have loved to use to create like a fun quiz tool, like an interactive thing that I could have shared with the community. I would have died for that feature.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We have slideshows. We have the ability to embed a tweet like right in the post, like all of these things that I would have been so excited about. We have the ability to feature community content and let them know it's been featured, it's all like my old wish list uh, taken <laughs> to the next level.
1: So to date, Rebel Mouse has raised $12.8 million. Would you be able to walk us through what that process was like?
2: You know, I think we're lucky in the sense that we, we've had a very close relationship with Lair Ventures throughout. So I think they've really shepherded us Through that process and made the raise, you know, made that that process of raising a lot easier. I think when you have your foot in the door and you understand what investors are looking for, because investors are telling you what they're looking for, because they're trying to help, uh, it helps you get from point A to point B. I think also as a team, we have a very strong resume and background, and that's super important. For investors, it's not just what's the idea, but who are the people and do we think they can understand how to execute day in and day out and decide when they need to shift focus and focus on the right thing.
1: So what's next for RubbleMouse Mouse in 2015?
2: We have a ton of roadmap items coming up that I'm really excited about. We're releasing uh, badging for our communities, so you'll be able to give a user a badge that they earned based on a post they created. We'll have leaderboards and gamification based on that. On the other side, in our mobile apps, we're going to have the ability to create a GIF from a video you're taking and then add a caption to it, which I'm super pumped about. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to play with that personally all the time send a gif in every email um we're also doing a lot of tools around seo that's a Mm -hmm. big request from our clients and just generally like i I think this is the year we really get like this year we're getting to the place where we like this is the promise of our vision like we finally realized it and i think that's incredibly exciting
0: where do you see the biggest opportunities for entrepreneurs and are there any technologies or industries that really interest you
2: Hmm. Um, gosh, there's so much going on right now. I think, I think probably two things. One is, uh, which people are catching on for sure, but, uh, enterprise software, I think still is a big opportunity because a lot of sort of current enterprise software is really doesn't have a good UI, isn't, Built with the consumer in mind. So I think that building enterprise software with a consumer mindset, which is what we're trying to do, is a big opportunity right now where you're trying to build enterprise software that's actually easy to use and intuitive and makes sense. And there's a lot of room to grow there. Just ask anyone who works at a big company. Then on the other side, I think as I look at companies, people build based on what they know, right? So I see a lot of things now that it's like, oh, now you can like get someone to come wrap up your package and mail it while you're at work or something. It's like these new startups are like, now you don't have to lift a finger to do anything, but they're very much based around what it's like to live in like New York, San Francisco, like a few select cities. And I don't think they really get at problems that the rest of the world or even the rest of America have. Mm -hmm. So I think some, you know, startups that are not Focused around top metros, as much as they they don't have that sort of focus population we see here, I think have big, big potential. Like solve the problems that happen in the rest of the world mm-hmm. beyond metros, and, and there's something there.
1: That's awesome. So, what apps, books, devices, or tools are you currently obsessed with right now?
2: Um, I really like Line. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's like a it's like a messaging app. I think it's pretty big in Asia, but they have these stickers. Some of them are like jiffy stickers where they're animated sticker stickers. It's kind of it's just like a better texting app. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of fun. It's very whimsical and I'm really really having a lot of fun with that right now. I think let's see. Devices or tools. We use Slack internally. And really, really enjoy that. I think it's um, again fun integrations with Jiffy. I'm a big animated Jiff fan. Um, yeah, but we just, have that
1: implemented as well. It's really good.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's so much fun. So love that. Um, you know, and just the basic stuff. Skype. I use. We have a global team, so. Uh, we have 110 people, only 40 of them are here in New York and most of the team I'm working with, most of our developer team is all around the world. Mm-hmm. So I'm constantly on Skype, Skype chat, Skype video. Um, so that one, is, as boring of a choice as it is, mm-hmm. is, is one of my most used tools.
1: Have you guys tried to use Google Hangouts?
2: Google Hangouts doesn't work as well in uh, not ideal internet connections.
1: Okay. That's good to know. Yeah, because we, we use Google Hangouts on our end. And there's um, a Slack integration where you're able to just go slash Hangouts and then add the individual's name. And it fires up a Google uh, Hangouts instance for you.
2: Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's fun. But um, yeah, I have found that voice uh, and video quality is better on Skype because I think just since they're so internationally focused, they've dealt with poor internet connections better. And since I'm calling people from all over, I really need that.
1: Mm -hmm. So, on top of that, do you have any books that you're currently reading that you would share with others or would recommend?
2: Um, I read a lot for fun, so not at all related to business, but on the business side, um, uh, there's a great book written by uh, Ben Parr, he's actually a friend of mine, but it's a really wonderful book. It's called Captivology, The Science of Capturing People's Attention. And I think is an absolute must read for anyone who's interested in entrepreneurship.
0: So are there any last thoughts or personal mottos that you live by and you think others should know about as well?
2: I think with startups in general, one of the most important things is to own your mistakes and to know that you'll make them. I try to emphasize that with my team every day that since we're trying to move so quickly, since we're focused on getting things out so fast that mistakes are going to happen and it's okay like that's part of our culture we're going to move fast and we'll iterate cuz things will go wrong in the process but that allows us the freedom to really take risks and otherwise you just have the sense of like oh you get stuck and you're cautious and you're worried about someone's going to say what someone's going to say instead i want someone to be like oh my gosh i think i totally messed up and it's like, then I'm great. No problem. Tell me. We'll fix it together. But if you hide it and you're like, oh, I'm worried I'm messing up consistently and you're afraid to ask, that's when it's an issue. Well,
0: that's, that's awesome. That, that's it, I guess. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us today, Megan. It was uh, awesome to have you on the show.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was great.
0: Well, that's about it for this episode of Hack to Start. You can find all the important links beneath the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Hack to Start and sign up for our newsletter to know about all the latest episodes, behind the scenes content, and more. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.